0: I am going to read out a few words. I want you to say the first word or thought that comes up in your mind. Let's play word association. Here are the words. 1. hormonal contraceptive 2. Birth control pill and 3. Oral contraceptive If any of these words I said made you think of bad, not so good or sometimes in the negative, then make sure you keep listening. This is the G-Spot and I am your host Dr. Arvind Santosh. This episode was created as a part of the podcast lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. Now the last few of my episodes was based on situations if you had unprotected sex. Now what if you are in a relationship or you just have sex quite often or you want to be in control of your body. The options you have as a woman are female condoms, other barriers like cervical caps or diaphragms and hormonal contraceptives. So basically it's barrier contraceptives which prevent the sperm from reaching the ovum or hormonal contraceptives which prevent ovulation and fertilization. Hormonal contraceptives are of many types. They can be pills, patches, inserts, implants, intrauterine devices and even jewelry. Yes, we have jewelry which is coated with medication that works as contraception. But why do most people have negative association with hormonal contraceptives in spite of it being very effective and widely available? That has to do a lot with the advent of social media. But before we talk about the present, we need to know what happened in the past. You know, to get a full picture. Hormonal contraception was made available to women in 1950s. Throughout history of medicine, thousands of drugs have been developed but only one has been influential enough to earn the title of simply, the pill. The pill was initially marketed for cycle control. For good reason, because socially, legally and politically, contraception was taboo. In the United States, the Comstock Law effectively prohibited public discussion and research about contraception. This was a controversial and outdated law established in many US states since 1873 that defined obscenity and was enacted to control the sale and distribution of obscene materials. It essentially lumped talking about contraception with pornography. Although the pill was available by 1960s for menstrual regulation, it was not legal to discuss contraception or prescribe the pill for the indication of contraception until 1969. Physicians at that time could prescribe hormones for any other reason other than birth control. If they prescribed the pill for birth control, they were breaking the law. The initial clinical investigation of the pill was driven by two devout Catholics in 1954. Dr. John Rock, supported by the women's health advocate Margaret Sanger, performed an early trial of the pill in 50 women in Boston under the guise of a fertility study. The first oral contraceptives were not adequately studied for human use. Thus, there were side effects which were reported after the pill was introduced into the market. And because contraception was illegal, the studies which were done did not follow many important rules. Women who were enrolled in these studies received little information about the safety of the product they were given as they were none to give and no one thought that it might be necessary to provide such information. So when these women reported side effects, they were not taken into consideration. The first marketed pill contained 10mg of progestone and 150 micrograms of oestrogen. Today's pill contain dramatically lower doses of 0.1 to 3 mg of progestins and 20 to 50 micrograms of estrogens. The progestins used today are much more specific and more focused in their drug effect. With the legalization of contraception, studies were done more carefully and in the 1980s with the rise of the third wave of feminism, women identified themselves to be sexually equal to men. This led to the introduction of various new contraceptives. The hormonal contraceptives were classified into combined hormonal, or progestone-only contraception. Combined means they had both estrogen and progestone, whereas progestone-only contraception contained only progestone. They have different mechanisms of action and side effects. First, let us talk about the combined contraceptive. Combined oral contraceptive is divided into generations based on the time they were introduced and their side effect profile. There are currently four generations. The first gen being the oldest with high doses and more side effects. The fourth gen being the latest with the least side effects. Why are we concerned about this? Hormonal contraceptives have evolved to become the treatment of choice for many menstrual disorders. With the different combinations of various medications in various doses, we can now essentially treat most of the bothersome symptoms such as irregular cycles, painful periods, excessive bleeding, acne, hair loss, facial hair growth, bloating, etc. So, you just have to discuss with your gynec about your symptoms and then we can choose a combination which will treat your symptoms. For some people, a little trial with 2 or 3 combinations may be required to get the best results. Now, most of the combined contraceptives are oral pills. We now have implants and these can be inserted under your skin as a minor office procedure. They work for a period of a few years. The most dangerous side effects of combined contraceptives are blood clots and benign liver tumors. To put it statistically, if you are a smoker, you have more risk of getting blood clots than taking these pills. Pregnancy is also a condition which increases the risk of blood clots. So mathematically speaking, the risk of getting blood clots is more in pregnancy than taking the pill. There are a few ifs and buts like when the patient has a few genetic diseases or is a smoker and so on. This is why you consult your doctor and have a talk before starting hormonal contraception. Fun fact, the approach to choose contraception followed in the gynec office is called cafeteria approach. You are given all the options you have and are asked to choose from the options after consultation. Progesterone only contraception works in a different way. This is used for patients with increased blood loss during periods. A few of the older ones have one very important side effect of affecting bone mineral density. So you need to review with your doctor once in a while. The newer ones do work quite well. Most of the progesterone based contraceptives are in the form of injections or implants or intrauterine devices. So they are convenient for people who don't prefer daily pills. All these aside. What women are really worried about while taking hormonal birth control are mood swings and weight gain. Though these two side effects are seen quite often, they aren't going to stay for more than 2-3 to three months. If they do, then we usually change the contraception. Also, weight gain here doesn't mean you'll put on 5-10 kgs. It's just gonna be 1-2 or two kgs. This is mostly thought to be due to fluid retention. There have been multiple studies done and researchers have not been able to link weight gain to hormonal birth control. Breast cancer is another scare that stops women from taking hormonal birth control. There are a lot of studies done to show that hormonal birth control does not increase the risk of breast cancer. On the contrary, they actually decrease the risk of ovarian and endometrial cancer. Oral contraceptives provide a non-invasive option for managing the vast spectrum of disorders like painful periods, increased bleeding, perimenopausal and premenstrual symptoms. Rates for hysterectomy done for reasons of uncontrolled bleeding have substantially dropped, deaths have been averted and lives have been made productive as a consequence of the known hormone benefits. The overall advantage remains substantial and is considered to far outweigh the risk for most women. If you are simply curious to see how your body reacts to going off the pill, I support the idea of taking a birth control holiday every 3 to 5 years to make sure your cycles are regular. Get off it for a couple of months to see what your period looks like. If it's regular, you can get back on it to continue to prevent pregnancy. Just make sure you are using a backup method like condoms during the break. All ob regularly prescribe contraception. We have gone through years of medical school to offer you medical advice. Problems come when you have social media influencers telling the pill is bad for you. For example, this is a post I came across the other day. It showed a graph of what happens when people ditch hormonal birth control. By the third month, they claim your gut starts to blow and your skin and hair are healthy as fuck. This particular influencer has 100,000 followers on Instagram. We now have influencers like this in India as well. Let's be very honest here. No doctor practicing modern medicine will tell you that the drug they prescribe has zero side effects. If someone claims their treatment or prescription has zero side effects or gives you 100% results, whatever form of medicine it is, run, run in the opposite direction. That is not true. It can never be. That is not how science works. The way to go about the side effects of hormonal birth control is deciding what you need and what works for you. If you feel this isn't working, we will shift to another method. Often you might find those people who argue that contraception does more harm than good are encouraging people to spend money on health treatments or products that have unclear benefits. So make sure you are choosing good sources to educate yourself. This is a time when people are selling courses online. Anyone can now start a website and earn a social media page and start selling courses on almost anything. There is big money in this. Don't get me wrong, I am not against online courses, I am taking a few myself. But health is something you can't buy. We doctors have to go through a lot to be able to get trained and licensed to practice medicine and treat patients. So if you see some online course or anything of that sort giving medical or health advice, do some research. Find out who is selling it, what they are selling, what is the qualification of the person selling it, is it a valid qualification and so on. Most often, a doctor's consultation will be much cheaper than the cost of these online counseling courses or sessions. Take an informed decision and live a healthy life. Until next week, this is me Dr. Arvind saying goodbye. Take care of yourself and if possible, the people around you.